two best friends. We're pretty good friends. Separated by time and space. Talking about life. Dude, we just talk about bullshit. Hey man, you there? Yo, what's good? How's it going, man? Hey, it's Will. Calm back. Hey, it's a good time. Welcome back to The Catch-Up, a show for fonder hearts everywhere. I'm Noah Shore. And I'm Will R. On today's episode, we reflect on a new president and enlist in the food wars. Long time no see, man. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't seen you in what, uh, 72 hours? Yeah, I think I left you at about 3.30 on in Sunday morning, Saturday night to bike home. Yeah. Did yeah. you get home safe? I did get home safe, and then I got back to Rhode Island safe. Um, I just had to come down to New York after uh, the events of one week ago today. As you know, and our listeners will know, today is the one-week anniversary of Donald Trump being elected to the presidency of the United States of America. Yeah, what a fucking shit show that was. Yeah, this is... has been kind of a rough week. Yeah, it's really been hard to find any source of happiness. Yeah, even as the demographic of people that is least affected by the fact that Donald Trump is going to be president. Right. I. It's safe to say that whatever he does won't, af- won't affect me much, but I'm still so angry. And I guess we were tricked because... Well, not tricked, but... I don't know about your Facebook feed, but it's full of Hillary supporters or liberals in general. I didn't see many Trump supporters. I feel like I was lulled into a false sense of it wouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I also am a hardcore news junkie, and I read a lot. And, I mean, I follow the polls and everything. I don't think it was you and your Facebook feed. I mean, way smarter people than us were outmaneuvered here. Yeah, I mean, I even texted you on Tuesday saying, <laughs> help me. And I said, don't the... worry. I said, don't yeah, worry. I know. This and was I feel like, so dumb. I mean, we all do. I, I Okay, so I was in Canada this past week. I got back on Friday. and So we were there for the election. And we had a whole plan on what we were going to do Tuesday. We plotted it out. We looked at all these bars that were screening um, the election and parties and stuff like that. And we just, it was like we could see that timeline so clearly once the other one happened. Like, we could see how happy we would have been. We were going to get cigars, or not even happy, but just, like, relieved, so relieved. And instead, it turned into, like, we weren't in our own country, and we were so depressed because everyone in the bar stopped caring. Yeah. They they were all cheering for Hillary, but then, like, they would play these, like, sound bites of Trump being dumb or, like, a maniacal evil laugh every time he won a state. Oh, God, that's really kitschy. Yeah, and then they, they started, like, blasting metal music once and turned off the the sound to the CNN, and Nicole and I were just like, I gotta go. I, like we And we walked 45 minutes back to the Airbnb, like, just depressed. And this was before it was even called. We just knew at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I had work the next morning and was already anxious, and I don't know, that entire night felt horrible. The entire day, the next day felt horrible. Yeah, I pretty much went to, like, the little biodome aquarium they had in Montreal the next day without cell service, without anything, and just looked at some penguins for a while, and it was the happiest I could be. Yeah, 
I mean, the perspective from inside government is pretty crazy. Um, you know, in some sense, it's kind of invalidating that I, I do all this work to bring, I work hard to make good policy happen and policy that I believe. Um, and it's kind of invalidating when someone gets elected to the presidency that is so removed from like empiricism and facts. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think like after a week of chilling, I am, I'm more certain than ever that I'm in the right space. Um, as challenging as it is and as discouraging as it is, like I, I don't think that there's a better time to be in, in policy. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like if there's a silver lining to this at all, it's that like all the bad stuff that he represents is now like completely in the open and, and there's no like in terms of people trying to push back issues, I feel like we're very we're a very woke society now. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the trouble now is staying woke. <laughs> right, right. How do I stay woke? How do you stay like woke? <laughs> yeah, I but mean I, I look forward towards a, a couple years. I mean a lot of me is kind of happy that this democratic establishment may be crumbling. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, I think the thing that bothered me the most, the thing that took me the longest to figure out that I was feeling, right? And I'm just, I'm acknowledging my privilege here. Like the fact that this is what I'm worried about is a great, great privilege that I have. But a lot of what I wanted actually happened on election night. Like I saw this really stiff rebuke, this like populist rebuke of these entrenched interests and this, these established interests. It just wasn't supposed to be from him, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. supposed to be from Bernie. Yeah. It um, wasn't supposed to be from him at all. Yeah. And like maybe if we get through these next four years without too much and this kind of reorganization and, and this rise from the ashes of the Democratic Party can elect someone more like Warren or more like Bernie, then maybe we'll see this as kind of this catalyzing moment for the rebirth of the Democratic Party. But there's no freaking guarantee that that's going to happen. And I think that if I, there was a guarantee, it's that a lot of people are going to be hurt in the next four years. Yeah, I mean, that's the scariest part is you don't know. Like, it's just unknown. You don't know what's going to happen at all. And the people he's bringing onto his cabinet are, like, the scariest fucking people in the world. Dude, I was not planning on saying this. I didn't really think about whether I was going to say it or not. But I have the Apply to the Trump Administration tab open on my Chrome right now. Like, I don't know. Dude, that represents a couple different things for me, right? Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily looking to, like, jump ship at my job. But, like, on one hand, it is sickening, the idea to work for Donald Trump. But on the other, like, if I get any authority at all and have the chance to moderately improve this shit show of an administration. Like, I don't know. That might be something. Yeah. That might be something worth doing. And I don't know. I'm not saying I'm doing it. I have not done anything, but I have the tab open and I didn't close it yet. Well, it's like what all people a lot smarter than me have said. Uh, He's held every single opinion at one point in his life. So if you could get in there and sway him back to any sort of sense. But I think that the part that bothers me maybe the most is now what everyone's trying to do in the media and just treat him as, like, the next, the 45th president. There he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normalizing it. Yeah. Like, I watched that 60 Minutes interview yesterday and was, like, sick by it because Leslie Stahl is asking him some questions that are holding his feet to the fire, but for the most part it's like, and here's your good-looking family, and here's your wife, and Mm. you're the next president. And it's just, like... This is not a normal situation. Yeah. And to treat it as such is just bullshit. Yeah. So what do we do here? 
us transitioning? No, like what? <laughs> what are our obligations here? What are we doing for the next four years? Listen, keep our eyes open, right? Yeah, I guess I have to start going off-brand of my social media and actually posting things and doing things that I have never, you know, I've I've always thought I'm a person who's liberal and stuff, but I've never truly went to protests and stuff. And for the first time, I want to start going to these things and make my voice heard. Word. And stay woke. Stay woke. Today's episode is brought to you by not eating after 10 p.m. You don't want to get a tummy ache, do you? Okay, so, despite being really into food and being really into the fact that I'm from New York and really into New York City, one thing that I've been proud of is that I don't really have any pretentiousness when it comes to New York food. Um, but the pizza! Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what everybody always says, but like... <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good, the pizza. You know, I think like <laughs> New York-style pizza. You know, I give New York credit for producing this thing, but I have had damn good pizza in Providence. I've had damn good pizza in Boston. I've had damn good pizza in Montana. At 7-Eleven? I have not had good pizza at 7-Eleven, but I would no, be lying... Nobody, nobody has. I would be lying if I said that uh, I haven't had some very good taquitos. Fair enough. 7-Eleven taquitos, they're on those rollers. They're very appetizing. They're great. <laughs> well, they're very edible. I don't know if they're very appetizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never felt better than I did before <laughs> I ate uh, I ate one. But, no, they're, I, I like to think that I, I admire the contributions of New York to the food scenes that I frequent. But really nothing gets me more pissed than when someone is just like unwilling to try cheesecake from another city or unwilling to <laughs> to entertain the fact that pizza might be good somewhere else and really like i should just feel bad for them because it's limiting to them um mm-hmm. there is one food that i just totally am a 180 from that philosophically and that is bagels um uh... There, I, I would do anything to have good bagels in Providence or any other city, but really, there's nowhere holds a candle. Um, it, it is my, it is my heaven, right? As much as aspects of my daily life are my personal hell, my personal heaven <laughs> is sitting on Seventh Avenue at La Bagel Delight. This is my home bakery. Um, they have a big pane glass, uh, yeah, a big pane of glass as their front window, and there's a counter there, sitting there with a fresh everything bagel a grapefruit juice and a black coffee people watching this is like this is like the place where i find my true zen i could eat a bagel for every meal of every day and i would be completely satisfied i've definitely eaten bagels for every meal not for every day but i'm i do not discriminate on what what uh, meals i'm allowed to have bagels I'd for definitely i like i dream of bagels i fucking love them and so in the past year there's been this hype uh, Montreal bagels. The hype for Montreal bagels has reached this fever pitch. Uh, and I was thinking about this two weeks ago when you said, hey, uh, I can't record next week because I'm going to Montreal. And right. I said, Noah, this is the chance for you to become an investigative food journalist. And I need to know, what's the deal with Montreal bagels? Well, first of all, I remember that conversation going, Noah, I need you to go to Montreal and try these bagels. Oh, yeah, so I totally suppressed that memory. I said, Noah, go yeah. to Montreal. Yeah, got it, got it. Got it. I said, you can bring your girlfriend, but go to Montreal. Yeah, that's why it went. Okay, so verdict. They're not as good. Really? 
they're not as good. I expected they're... a bit more lead up on that. <laughs> okay, let's try again. Verdict. They are not as good. Okay, tell me more. Where'd you go? So, I went, I looked it up. Actually, I'll get, I'll get you the name and I'll butcher it in French. I, lo- I went to a bagel place that everybody said was good and it was packed. It was packed in there. Okay. Um, Did it look like it was packed with tourists or packed with locals? Both. Okay. It's also probably kind of hard to tell. Like, Canadians and people from America don't look that different. That's true. They, but I heard a lot of different languages. Okay, okay. Um, so the place is called saint Viateur Bagel okay. in Montreal. What's the translation and, of that? Do you know? Um, the, the Great Bagels. <laughs> well, if you spell it for me, I'll check. V I A T E U R. Jeez. Viator. Okay. N- nothing. The fuck is a viator? Yeah, nothing. Okay, That's well. just Google Translate bullshitting us right now. They're like, oh, well, nine <laughs> times out of ten, it's a cognate. So Just go to the country and ask if they know where the viator yeah. is, and you know. I would, prefer if, Google, I would prefer if Google was just like, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't French. <laughs> don't ask me. Um, so How am I, I supposed go- to know that? <laughs> Sorry, continue. I go to this place, and uh, this feels like I'm talking like I'm telling that terrible diesel story again, but it's not as bad as that. I I um I go and it's really crowded on Remembrance Day, which is their Veterans Day. Gotcha. And I just ordered a, two bagels, one sesame, one uh, everything with cream cheese, and so I was trying to not like know anything about what I would be expecting to taste. But earlier in the week I had looked up like foods you need to try in Montreal and it came up. And so I knew a little bit of what to expect, which is that they, um, the water they make them in is infused with honey. So skeptical. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't that like, I wasn't that happy about that. Leading up to it, the water that New Yorkers make bagel with is infused with pigeon feathers. Yeah, yeah there's fuck, there's rats swimming in them. That's what makes it, <laughs> you know, bagel rat or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love is that a sequel I didn't rat. know about. <laughs> yeah, he well, he got greedy and the fame got to his head. He started getting a whole lot more uh, bagels in his. Uh, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I. Now, I didn't eat them until the last day. There were so many other things to eat. So I, we're like on our way to the airport, and I'm eating it. So maybe it got a little cold, and it wasn't fresh off the thing. I ate it in the, in the Uber to the airport. But the sweetness, like, overtook everything. I don't really want any sweetness. Either do I. And no matter what the flavor. Like, I had sesame, and, and Nicole had... Uh, everything and it's still both of them tasted like those types of bagels plus honey damn and it it was weird to me i will say they had a real nice crunch to them and that also they're known for their flat bagels which is not something i had in montreal but i had in quebec and that was nice i guess that just tastes like a normal bagel is but it? there was like less fluffy what why I don't know. It was just very flat. So I guess it's more like if you think about the ratio of that like light, fluffy interior to the harder, 
more flavorful exterior. There's just more of the exterior compared to the interior on that type of bagel. Is that? Is yes. That, yeah. Okay. That's that's accurate. I get that, but I kind of like personally. I like the the natural ratio. I like a fluff. It's yeah, like I like also the fluff. what I like in in pizza crust. I like a nice fluff. Which is why but, I have like a full. 540 degree eye roll when someone at the bagel bakery is like can you scoop that out <laughs> oh my god i want to knock it out of their hand yeah they don't even deserve it yeah they really don't but so this was it was good but i still prefer new york bagels this i did have a nice crunch like i said and they had a nice uh cream cheese to bagel ratio but okay ev- everything tasted sweet and i guess that's a preference but it's not what I expect from a bagel. And I tried to go in as open-minded as I could. I had my ba- my bagel preconceived notions, but I tried to be open. But I just didn't like it as much. That's all we can do in this day and age. Yeah, they weren't bad at all. I don't want to disparage them. They just... They didn't pass my test. All right, well, I appreciate your research and your due diligence. Are there any other foods you'd like me to go try in places? Hmm. Where are you going soon? Nowhere. You go to California every so often, right? That's true. Try some cocaine for me. All right. Got it. <laughs> Let us know how it went. I will. I'll do the same taste test. Nice. <laughs> All right, man. I got to head out. Yeah. If you really smell. Dude, I kind of have to head out too, but I am scared. Um, as you know, I sometimes have to record in like weird places because of just like different things going on around my house. I don't want it to be loud. So I'm cross-legged in my room, basically facing... My, my closet door is opened and I'm just facing my clothes in the closet to kind of reduce the bounce back. And I've been cross-legged on a hardwood floor and from the tip of my toe to the middle of my knee, I cannot feel a single thing in my oh left my leg. It is never gonna, far and away. able to get up. It is far and away the most asleep that any extremity of mine has ever been. Oh, I hope, I hope you can get up. I don't know what to do. Uh, call the sleep doctor. Oh, good thing I got life alert. Yeah, you've fallen and you can't get up. So. I'll get through it. I wish you luck. It was good talking to you. Love you. Say, love you too. Say hello to your leg for me. <laughs> I will. When it wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, let it sleep. <laughs> See ya. Bye. The catch-up is Will R. and Noah Shore, with executive production by Noah Shore. Our intro music is by Headlong Snipers, and our outro music is by Skirt. Thanks to our sponsor, the Paperclip from Microsoft Office. All right, so we're ringing back in right now, all right? Yeah. All right, Noah, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you doing it? The mannequin challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm st- <laughs> You're standing still? I am. Okay, good. Oh, geez. Quick release the cash. Watch it fall slowly.